I'm Rachel. Welcome to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. The goal of this podcast is to be real about the hardships that we face in life and at the same time find God's goodness in the midst of it. So I'm no biblical scholar or speaker or anything fancy. I'm just a goofy human who loves Jesus and I love learning about his word and what he shares with us and I love sharing what I'm learning with you. You might know me personally, or maybe we've never met before. It's really cool to get messages from people in all parts of the world and in different walks of life who are being impacted by God's word. And that's the goal. Maybe I'll share some pieces of the story that God has given me because maybe you're walking through the same things so you can relate and not feel alone. But I hope that this is not about me and it's all about him. That's what the Bible is all about. It's uh, what our lives are about. What we've been talking about last week was glory and that our purpose in life is to glorify God, which means to shift our perspective so that we see him as bigger and see the world and ourselves and our problems as smaller. Because the Bible is all about God and not about us, we've been focusing on God's attributes. We've talked about him as creator, which part three is coming soon for that, Um, as our father as beautiful, and today we are focusing on the wisdom of God. What's cool about God's attributes is that some of the attributes are ones that only He can have, such as only He is worthy, only He is sovereign, only He is omniscient. But some of those characteristics are ones that we can share and reflect when we are abiding in Him, such as love and wisdom. And today... We are indeed focusing on wisdom. And this is from 1 Corinthians, starting in verse 20. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the debater of this age? Hasn't God made the world's wisdom foolish? For since in God's wisdom, the world did not know God through wisdom, God was pleased to save those who believe through the foolishness of what is preached. For Jews ask for signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, and foolishness to the Gentiles. Yet, to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. And this isn't saying that God is foolish or that God is weak, but it's saying that even the very best that we can present in this world, the smartest people that we have, the strongest people in this world, cannot compare to God. And I think that's really important for us to recognize in this day and age, we like to think that we can we can know how to rule the world and how we can rule our own lives and live in a way that makes us happy. But God is the one who created the world and he holds wisdom beyond our understanding. Even our most wise people and our most strong people can't compare with God. So it's important for us to understand what wisdom is. And this is Rachel's definition of wisdom. So this isn't like what God's word says or from a dictionary. This is just what I think of wisdom. Wisdom is humility to realize that we are dust and that God has everything woven together in his plan. Wisdom is humility to realize that we are dust and God has everything woven together in his plan. So basically, it's realizing that we don't know everything, and 
we're only here for a moment in time. God breathed his breath of life into us and formed us out of the dust. And his plan is woven together in a way that we don't understand. So that's what I think of wisdom. Um, In Isaiah 55, it talks about how his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts than our thoughts. And so we need to realize that we need to rely on him for wisdom because we can't know things on our own. Wisdom is not the same thing as knowledge. You can get facts and information and numbers and you can see data, but it's not the same thing as wisdom. The Hebrew word for wisdom, I'm definitely not going to say this correctly, so I'm very sorry, but it's like chokmah. And um, it's used a lot, um, especially in the books of the Old Testament that focus on wisdom, such as um, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. And Proverbs is interesting because it's um, it kind of gives almost like equations of like, when you do this, this will happen. And people who do this are like this. There's not, um, it doesn't usually format in a way that's like the Ten Commandments where it's like, you shall not do this and you shall do this. But it just kind of is explaining how life works. Because wisdom is woven into how the world was made. Um, I was listening to a podcast by the Bible Project when they were talking about the book of Proverbs. And they were kind of saying that wisdom is like the force in Star Wars. Um, and that it's just like it's part of how everything works. And you can be in touch with it and like step into that and understand how the world is works because like it's how it was made. The world was woven together with the fabric of wisdom. Um, or you can work against it and be a fool. So instead of like with Star Wars, you can either be on the light side or the dark side. It's either you are on the side of wisdom or you are a fool. Um, And specifically in Proverbs 8, it talks about, well, it's kind of coming from the voice of wisdom. It's personifying wisdom and how wisdom was there from the very beginning and how important it is. So I'm just going to read. This is Proverbs 8. Doesn't wisdom call out? Doesn't understanding make her voice heard? At the heights overlooking the road, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates, leaning into the city, at the main entrance, she cries out, People, I call out to you. My cry is to the children of Adam. Learn to be shrewd, you who are inexperienced. Develop common sense, you who are foolish. Listen, for I speak of noble things, and what my lips say is right. For my mouth tells the truth, and wickedness is detestable to my lips. All the words from my mouth are righteous. None of them are deceptive or perverse. All of them are clear to the perceptive and right to those who discover knowledge. Accept my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and nothing desirable can equal it. I, wisdom, share a home with shrewdness and have knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate arrogant pride, evil conduct, and perverse speech. I possess good advice and sound wisdom. I have understanding and strength. It is by me that kings reign and rulers enact just law. By me, princes lead, as do nobles and all the righteous judges. I love those who love me, and those who search for me find me. With me are riches and honor, lasting wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than solid gold, and my harvest than pure silver. I walk in the ways of righteousness, along the paths of justice, giving wealth as an inheritance to those who love me, and filling their treasuries. 
The Lord acquired me at the beginning of his creation, before his works of long ago. I was formed before ancient times. From the beginning, before the earth began, I was born. When there was no watery depths, no springs filled with water, before the mountains were established, prior to the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the land, the fields, or the first soil on the earth. I was there when he established the heavens, when he laid out the horizon on the surface of the ocean, when he placed the skies above, when the fountains of the ocean gushed out, when he set a limit for the sea, so that waters would not violate his command, when he laid out the foundations of the earth. I was a skilled craftsman behind him, beside him. I was his delight every day, always rejoicing before him. I was rejoicing in his inhabited world, delighting in the children of Adam. And now, sons, listen to me. Those who keep my ways are happy. Listen to instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Anyone who listens to me is happy, watching at my doors every day, waiting by the post of my doorway. For the one who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But the one who misses me harms himself, and all who hate me love death. So that's like coming from the voice of wisdom, basically saying that the beginning of the world, like the way that God made the world was with wisdom. And we can step into that. And that's what Proverbs talks about, all the different ways that we can step into wisdom. And um, for example, like Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding and all your ways know him and he will make your path straight. It's saying that like when you trust in him and you don't rely on your own ways, he will make your path straight. And it says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will bring healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. So it's kind of giving this equation of like, if you do this, then this will happen. If you are prudent, then things will go well. If you're a fool and don't listen, then things will not go well, which is a pretty good way to live. Like the wisdom is showing us a way to live a good life in a way that honors God and is kind to other people. Um, And it's important for us to get the emphasis on the emphasis in Proverbs is all about getting wisdom. In chapter two, it says, if you seek it like silver, wisdom, and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will delight you. So it is something that we want to have. We want to have wisdom and step into that, the fabric through which God made the world. Um, the hard thing is that things don't always necessarily play out exactly like in Proverbs. Like Proverbs gives um, the framework for how the world works, but sometimes, you know, people who are prudent don't necessarily get all the riches and wealth. And sometimes people who are fools get things that they don't deserve, um, which is kind of what the book of Ecclesiastes talks about. Um, it talks about how life is. Um, depending on your translation, it could say that life is meaningless, life is vanity, life is futile. Um, and it all comes from this Hebrew word called um, hevel, hevel. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but it's hevel. And it's um, this word that kind of means like a vapor or smoke. Like you can see it, it's there. And then if you try to grasp it, like you, you just can't, it's gone. Um, so it exists and it's real, but it's just kind of almost mysterious, I guess. Um, because Ecclesiastes kind of talks about the frustrations of when things don't work out the way that they should, you know, seeing someone who's worked really hard and then their riches are enjoyed by someone else. And then someone who's kind of a fool gets, um, gets prosperity. Um, 
So that's kind of how life can work sometimes too. So that's frustrating. You know, you see these Proverbs that play out this beautiful picture of things will go well for those who seek righteousness and wisdom and things going poorly for those who are, um, are foolish and are wise in their own eyes um, because we want to fear the Lord and be wise in his eyes, not in our own eyes. The world is wrong. We are wrong. Only God is right. But Ecclesiastes kind of shows a different way. Like that's not always how it works in the world. You know that you can see in your own life, maybe things, um, bad things happen to you even after you've followed God, or maybe you've seen other people who haven't done things the right way and then they get rewarded and it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't pan out the way that you think it should. Um, which is kind of some of what Ecclesiastes talks about. And then another, um, wisdom book is the book of Job, which we have a whole episode about Job, but, um, to kind of sum it up, like his life was, you know, he was following God, he was a righteous man, and then everything was taken from him. And so he has these very long conversations with his friends about why that could be, you know, his friends are saying, well, obviously God is good and this is how the world works. So if that's the case, then that means that you are bad. And Job's conclusion, because they're, they're all looking at it from this like proverb standpoint of like those who follow God's way, things work out well. And so his friends are saying, well, obviously things aren't working out well for you. And so you're not a good human. And Job is basically saying, I have done everything right. And because of this equation, that means that God is bad, which that's still how a lot of us deal with life. Like this is back in ancient times where there's having this conversation. And still today we have these conversations where bad things happen and we either think that, oh, I did something wrong or they did something wrong and they deserved it. Or we're like, God is bad because if I'm doing everything right, then I should get the blessings and honor and riches and wealth and prosperity. But that's not how it always works. God's ways are higher than our ways. Um, Just like it says in Isaiah 55. And the book at the end is when God comes in and he asks all these questions. Were you there when I formed the earth? Were you there when I established the waters, you know, do you know how all of these things work? Do you know the ways of the animals and how the horses do all the things? Like he's just asking all these questions, which really, again, gets into the fact that wisdom has been there from the very beginning. It is in the fabric of how God created the world. Through wisdom, the world is made. And sometimes it pans out in those beautiful little picture um, pictures that Proverbs gives us. And sometimes it pans out in really hard ways where we have to rely on God because his ways are higher and we can't understand it. His ways are so much higher than our ways. Things do not go the way that we want them to go. Things do not go according to our plan because we were not the ones who created the world. We weren't the ones who had wisdom in the very woven fabric of this created world. God did that. We're just here. We're dust. And we need to not try to do things that are right in our own eyes, but in the eyes of God. And even if that means that things don't work out the way that we want them to, it means that we are trusting in God because his ways are best and he is wise. And we know that he works all things for his good, for his glory and our good. He works all things for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. So we know that and we can trust him in that, which is a hard thing. 
but we know we can trust him. And there's actually, there's an episode, it was very, one of the first ones talking about like when things don't go your way. So if you're struggling with that, like something's not going your way, you maybe you're following God's way and it just, everything fell apart or you're watching other people who made really bad decisions and things work out really well for them. And it's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. I would recommend checking out that um, podcast episode because it dives into that a little bit more. But the important thing is for us to realize is we need to be humble in wisdom because wisdom isn't just something where you have a bunch of Bible knowledge and you can quote all these scriptures um, and you know the attributes of God and you go to church, things like that. Wisdom is having humility and really trusting that God ways, God's ways are best because he made the world. He created it. He designed it. So he knows every single part of it and he knows how it's going to work. He knows the plan. He knows how it's going to end. And so us with our finite understanding and us being like a vapor here today, gone tomorrow, I'm going to try to trust him because his plan is the one that's going to prevail. We can make our own plans, but he determines each of our steps and he has the victory in the end. We know that. So how do we get wisdom? We can get wisdom through studying his word talking with him, learning more about him since he's the one who has all wisdom. Um, But really just, yeah, trusting in him. I actually remember a time when I was living in Texas and I went to this church called Gateway. Our pastor, uh, Robert Morris, um, was talking about how he would ask God for birthday presents. And so that year when I, I turned 20, I remember asking God specifically for wisdom. And my friend's God answers our prayers, especially when we're asking for things that bring glory to his name. He's going to answer our prayers. So I asked God for wisdom and it ended up coming about, I think, in a way that I didn't expect. Like I had a lot of hard things that year, but it was able to, again, show me more about who he is and more um, about his wisdom. That's beyond our understanding because life didn't go the way that I'd planned, but it went in a way that taught me more about how to worship him, not um, not in a certain way. Like I had always worshiped God with dance, but then I had a really bad knee injury that year and I couldn't dance for nine months. And so I was learning how to worship God in spirit and in truth, how Jesus talks about with the Samaritan woman. And so my friends, if you ask for wisdom, God will give you wisdom. And maybe it's not in the way that Proverbs is, which God's all of God's word is true for all people for all time. So it's not saying that Proverbs is wrong. Proverbs is correct and we want to live that way. But sometimes God works beyond that too in giving us hard things to purify us and to cleanse us. So I would encourage you to ask God for wisdom because he will answer you. Um, in 1 Corinthians, which we started with like at the beginning of this episode, there's more um, in 1 Corinthians 1 and 2 talking about God's wisdom being beyond us. Um, And sometimes the way that he uses us isn't because we're great and we have all this wisdom. It's because um, it's because he is great. So continuing from first Corinthians, starting in verse 26, brothers and sisters, consider your calling. Not many of you were wise from a human perspective, not many powerful, not many of noble birth. Instead, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing, to bring to nothing what is viewed as something, 
so that no one may boast in his presence. It is from him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became wisdom from God for us, our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And starting in chapter 2, when I came to you, brothers and sisters, and this is Paul talking, announcing the mystery of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not be based on human wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a wisdom among the mature, but not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. On the contrary, we speak God's hidden wisdom in a mystery, a wisdom God predestined before all ages for our glory. Not of the rulers of this age, none of the rulers of this age knew this wisdom, because if they had had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, What no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived, God has prepared for those who love him. Now God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit, since the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. But the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit, because it is foolishness to him. He is not able to understand it, since it is evaluated spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything, and yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. For who has known the Lord's mind, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ." So it's important for us too to realize that this world will give us different knowledge and quote unquote wisdom, but it's not the same as the wisdom of God. A lot of phrases that get tossed around these days are, you know, follow your heart, chase your dream, do what makes you happy. Those are things that are the world's wisdom. And that's not the fabric through which God made the world. If you follow your heart, your heart is the most deceptive thing. That's not going to work. If you do what makes you happy, it might be something that doesn't make someone else happy. So that ruins their happiness. So it's just, it's a mess. Following the world's wisdom is not how the world was created. And we need to make sure that we're following God's wisdom. We want to have the mind of Christ and rely on God's spirit to reveal more of his mysteries to us. Another phrase that kind of gets tossed around is like wanting to do what we want with our lives. Like it's my life. I can do what I want, especially in the United States where it's all about individualism and following that like American dream or whatever. We want to do what makes us happy. But because God created the world with wisdom, he knows how it works. He knows how it works best. And next week, we're actually going to talk more about this. Unfortunately, in this world, many people want to live how they want to live because it's their life and they can do what they want with their body because it's my body, my choice. But then a lot of people find themselves very sad and disappointed and still striving for happiness that they thought they could achieve on their own. So tune in next week for part three of God as creator because because God created the world, he knows 
how it should run, just like we've been talking about with wisdom. So thank you for joining us today. You can connect with us on Instagram, join our Facebook group, share this episode with your friends, rate, write reviews. We love hearing how God's word is impacting your life. Have a great week and may the Lord bless you and keep you.